0: Welcome to Worth That Are Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses and decide, is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just
1: plain weird. I'm your host Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what do we get into today? Today, we played Pokemon Stadium on the N64, and Pokemon Stadium is the story of Nintendo and Game Freak releasing a game with absolutely no story to capitalize on the (laughs) massive popularity of Pokemon. Wow. Uh, It it, it sort
0: of is like uh, if you just uh, teleported to every gym leader in Pokemon and didn't have any RPG, that's... I mean, it's, it's yeah. It's kind
1: of... it's Pokemon without uh, <laughs> the whole story or the moving around or collecting Pokemon. It's just like the battle parts of Pokemon. Now, J- now
0: Jordan, you can technically collect some Pokemon in this game.
1: That's true. You can. I'm simplifying things a lot. I mean, I'm just trying to boil the game down to its one sentence essence. It is Pokemon. (laughs) This is our second episode of Pokemon. If you missed the last one, we covered Pokemon Red and Blue. And uh, yeah, we figured what better second game to cover for Pokemon than Pokemon Stadium on the N64 because it's very, very different from the mainline Pokemon RPGs that most of us have played.
0: Yeah, not only is it very different from the RPGs, but it's also a great companion piece to Pokémon Red, Blue and Yellow. So it just it felt like an appropriate
1: episode to do for the yeah. second
0: episode of Pokémon.
1: Yes, I totally agree. Um, talking about Pokemon, just uh, a quick reminder, we do have an awesome Pokemon giveaway this month, so stay tuned for the bounty segment that's going to come up later in the show where you could learn how you could win some awesome Pokemon prizes. Including a copy of Pokemon Red or Blue. Yeah, that's true. What better way to celebrate Pokemon than to start your own adventure, maybe for the first time, maybe for the 50th time in Pokemon Red or Blue, and also a whole bunch of other cool stuff that we'll talk about later.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, So this, man, Pokemon Stadium is interesting. In the last episode, we talked about how uh, Pokemon was kind of the first mobile game. (laughs) You talked about that. Yeah, uh, so you had to have multiple versions of the games, link cables. There was plenty of uh, premium content to add to your Pokemon experience. And I feel like Pokemon Stadium is yet another one of those, like, it would be DLC onto Pokemon Red, Blue, or Yellow uh, It's it's. I feel like These features would be baked Into modern Pokemon games But like I it just it's. I don't know man
1: Yeah I think a lot <laughs> but, uh, of this is going to come out over the course of the episode Talking about what Pokemon Stadium Does well, what it doesn't do so well Because a lot of those things are tied So closely to how This game um, corresponds as a companion game to Pokemon Red and Blue and yellow, yeah, yeah,
0: this is a uh, man, what an interesting experience I had with this game <laughs> I, I don't I don't remember loving it when I played it, when I rented it from Blockbuster as a kid, but it was interesting to dig into it,
1: yeah, I had a very similar reaction I as a kid. Rented this game from Blockbuster, did not have the transfer pack, so I didn't really get to experience the full game, and I kind of had a bad time with it, and then going back and experiencing it this time, immediately after finishing playing Pokemon Blue, it was a little bit different experience, and I was able to appreciate Pokemon Stadium in a way that I hadn't fully been able to when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Do you want to just get into what the game does well?
1: Yeah, I think we can jump right in, and this is a, a good segue, because... I think what's really cool about this game is that it provides a big answer to one of your biggest complaints about Pokemon Red and Blue, and that was that the game kind of feels like it lacks a post-game, and I feel like Pokemon Stadium kind of is that post-game that you're lacking in Pokemon Red and Blue.
0: I think I need you to unpack that a little bit, because... Yeah, for sure. So so Pokemon Stadium is essentially just the battling from Pokemon, yeah. And it it throws you into these different tournaments. You can go through like the Elite 4, uh the Gym Leader Castle and the Elite 4 and stuff like that. But what what do you
1: how how would this serve as a post-game to Pokemon? So, when you beat Pokemon Red, Blue or Yellow, there really isn't much left to do. You can go to Victory Cave and get Mewtwo. Um and but that's pretty much it. There there aren't really any trainers out in the world that can you know, provide a a battle for you anymore because you've beat the Elite Four. Nobody is going to be able to compare. Like, all you can really do is keep going through and fighting the Elite Four, but even at some point, like, like, I steamrolled through them, and so that wouldn't even really be fun for me, but Pokemon Stadium allows you to continue... Um, to work on your team to fight much harder trainers. There's the gym leader castle where you can refight all of the gym leaders and it's not like Brock still has this crappy Geodude that you fought in the very first gym. Now he's going to have some like level 60 Pokemon. He's going to have some more leveled up Pokemon, some evolved Pokemon and you can really challenge yourself in a whole bunch of different ways fighting trainers that are much, much harder than anything that you're going to find in the Game Boy games and it gives you a little (laughs) bit of that incentive to keep working on your game boy team because you have some harder trainers to face
0: yeah Brock is no longer a scrub
1: yeah no yeah I mean <laughs> he's earned he's, his gym leader status he's still the first gym leader in the gym leader castle and you know he's he's gonna be the easiest one to fight but you can actually kind of believe like that's one of the hard things about like playing the game boy game is like I don't really believe that Brock is one of the you know six best trainers like how is he a gym leader when he's got like a level 20 onyx or whatever i don't know maybe if you like he adjusts his team to to like the random kids that are coming in but like that doesn't really make sense so in pokemon stadium you get to see brock and misty and lieutenant surge and all these gym leaders with some pokemon that are more befitting of their status as gym leaders it's funny uh, so
0: with this whole Pokemon thing my son uh, got into the animated series yeah j- just because I was like he he would see me playing Pokemon stuff on the TV and uh, I, sh- I started to show him the show and he was kind of interested in it and um, so we're like 10 episodes in but in the inside the first 10 episodes Ash wins like two gym badges but he doesn't actually like win I don't no. think a battle in either of the first two gyms. <laughs> so is it the bit- same
1: is it the same order in the TV show does he fight Brock and then Misty?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I
1: remember him totally like beating Brock on a total fluke like yep. Pikachu sets off the sprinklers and Yep. Yeah. Yep. Come yep. on. Yep, yep. Come on now. And then he
0: like walks away he's like no, I don't want to win that way and Brock is like here's the gym badge anyways. <laughs> 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 like <laughs> And then Misty's sisters are like tired of fighting and I don't know it's a whole thing it's 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 very strange misty I don't think is actually a gym leader I think she like her and her sisters run the gym and the animated series is a very very strange adaptation of so, the story but
1: Dan after watching a little bit of the TV series do you understand what I was talking about in the last episode about how Ash is just a bumbling idiot and not the true champion that you would want to play as uh he, he's learning He's he, <laughs> Dan, we're like 20 plus years into the Pokemon TV show, and he's still a bumbling idiot. Like, I'm not watching it anymore, but I did see some news articles like, Ash finally won something of substance after like 20 years. It's ridiculous. The, uh,
0: the introduction to the series for, for my son was actually like Pokemon X and Y are okay. on uh, Amazon Prime. And so Ash shows up in, I think it's the Kalos region- and he he's like he goes into like the fourth gym or whatever and he gets thrown out. And I think <laughs> cuz like in that region you have to have like the gym badges in order or something silly like that. Uh. But anyways, he gets in a battle with somebody. I don't know if it's Team Rocket. And there's like some of the characters from X and Y are like blown away by how good of a trainer Ash is. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if he's like a good trainer later on or what. I don't know, man. He he is very dumb in the first season of Pokemon. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I I can understand why you you would say that I wouldn't want to be Ash in my game, but I don't know. Maybe he becomes the very best eventually.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, getting back to this game sort of operating as a post-game for Red and Blue, I think that there's other examples of that as well. I mean, you do have the option of playing your Game Boy game through an emulator on yeah. on Pokemon Stadium. And actually, if you beat the game, uh, you unlock an additional DoDuo Game Boy emulator that lets you play the Game Boy games in 2x speed, which is awesome because... Yeah. You have such a hard time leveling up your Pokemon, like we mentioned in the last episode. After you hit level 50, man, it becomes a slog. And if you beat Mm -hmm. Pokemon Stadium on round two, you actually unlock the Dodrio Game Boy and can play your game at 3x speed, which I watched a little clip of that on YouTube, and it's hilarious because the music is obviously sped up to 3x speed too, and it's like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can handle that. That was a little bit uh, obnoxious. Play it on mute. I'm the kind of person who listens to, like, podcasts at 2x speed just because I got so many and I want to get through them all. So if you are hearing us as chipmunk voices because you are like Uh, me and listen at extra, extra speed, I totally resonate with you there. But I don't know if I'd want to do my entire um, Pokemon playthrough at 3x speed.
0: Dude, I can't imagine listening to podcasts at 2x speed. There's just something about it. I just
1: can't do it. Dude, that was probably the only way that people made it through our last episode. It was, like, (laughs) an hour and a half long, more than that. It was an hour and a half long, but I still feel
0: like there are certain other podcasts out there that are way longer than that. There are on a it's, regular
1: basis. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Some of my favorite podcasts are like ten to fifteen minutes long, and I can get those down, you know, to five and a half minutes with the extra speed. So, you know, who knew that way back whenever? what did this come out? 1999, 2000? Uh, it, it came out in February of 2000 in North America. 2000. They were setting the trend of just. You know, we wanna we wanna experience our media at super fast speeds. Yeah. But it is nice. It's not just like a gimmick. It's a, a feature that allows you to, you know, level up your Pokemon, get them from level fifty to level hundred. I wonder if that's actually the point of the the fast speeds, because I suppose you could
0: just play through the whole RPG at two x three x speed. But like, I guess maybe it, 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 the grinding is. Now that you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's my guess. I don't really, it's just a gimmick otherwise. But, I mean, it does have yeah. a, a usefulness to be able to speed up that grindy part of the game. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, the the first point on
0: my list uh, of what Pokemon Stadium does well is that it's a great way to manage the Game Boy games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it allows you to, like, move items to your PC. One of the criticisms that we had of Pokemon Red and Blue was, like, you can only fit 50 items in your PC. You can only hold, like, 20 items in your bag. And so this gives you, an actually, uh, an additional 100 item slots to move your items over. As long as you have the transfer pack and everything. You can also rearrange your boxes and... Um, uh, do a, a lot of good like management stuff. You can trade Pokemon with your friends. You can actually put Pokemon onto your N64 cartridge. You can rearrange the order of their moves if you want. Like yeah. if that's something that you need to do because Leer is your first move or something silly, or you're, you've got that Metapod and he still knows Harden, uh, <laughs> but you want him to tackle. You know, like you could t- just tackle without having to scroll through the menu.
1: <laughs> yeah, it gives you some uh, of those quality of life features that you're lacking in the Game Boy game.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, granted, red and blue they were the first iteration, so they've got some problems. But like, I feel like the Pokemon Stadium is
1: a, a premium way of of making some of that stuff a little better. Yeah, totally agree. It but, is it is some nice features to have, and it just adds to that idea of this being a companion game to the original games. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that I thought was really cool about this game is that. Um, it does interact with your games and allow you to take some things out of Stadium and bring them into your Game Boy games. For example, you know if you play through Red or Blue, you don't really ever have a chance to get uh, the extra starter Pokemon, and along yeah. the way you're gonna have to choose between Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan or. Um, the different evolutions or the fossil Pokemon. And this game actually allows you to get some of those Pokemon by defeating the Elite Four. You can get Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan, Eevee, Kabuto, and Omanyte by defeating the Elite Four. It's totally random, so you might have to face them yeah. a gazillion times to get all the ones you want. But it is nice to have that sort of payoff and reward that can go back in to your game because, um, yeah, it's just a, a nice way to help you complete that Pokedex.
0: Yeah. It's, I feel like that right there is like probably my favorite thing about Pokemon stadium is just the fact that you can like get all the, the starters without having to like restart your game three times. And like, I feel like again, this point in general is like, Oh, this is a great add on to the game boy games. Uh, because especially at the time, uh, like you, we were saying last uh, last episode, completing your Pokedex would have been like serious like playground cred. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like this at the time would have been like a really cool way of doing that. And now like nowadays, like hey, I said, the, the Pokemon on these old games don't really have a lot of
1: utility to me because they're stranded on a Game Boy game. Yeah. Um, I, I still don't understand that criticism because every <laughs> every video game character is stranded on their cartridge or on their disc or whatever. I, I think
0: I think what it is is uh Pokemon has gotten so big and I've gotten so used to like the ability like that I can bring my Pokemon forward into other games. Like you can trade from Heart Gold, Soul Silver into like Pokemon black and white. And from black and white you can like put them in the Pokemon bank, I think, or Like I, I just I think Pokemon has established itself as something where it's
1: perpetual in some ways. It's created a hoarder culture, is what it's done. Well, yeah, you got to hoard those Pokemon. (laughs) Don't ever let them out of the computer. Just
0: you know, you. Not only do you have to hoard Pokemon, you have to hoard retro games. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's just I mean, it goes kind of goes kind of goes hand in hand. But, anyways, uh. there's something about the way that this helps you complete your Pokedex that I really do appreciate uh, if you're like hardcore dedicated to your Game Boy save of Pokemon Red or blue or yellow. So it's 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 probably my favorite thing, the
1: most rewarding thing you can get out of Pokemon Stadium. I think for me, my favorite thing and my favorite thing as it would have been as a kid, too, is the fact that this game for the first time allows you to see the Pokemon in 3D in those cool N64 graphics and you get to see them to scale, which is actually kind of a big deal because on the Game Boy, they're all all the sprites are the exact same size, like a Caterpie and an Onyx don't really look all that different. But when you get them on the same screen on the N sixty four, and you can finally see like a Dragonite towering over a Weedle, I don't know, that's just like really cool. And that to me is one of the coolest parts of this game.
0: Yeah, I also have the presentation written down as something that this game does well. Uh, for that reason, kind of, you've got the announcer, you've got these arenas. It it almost brought a little bit more of that anime feeling into the Pokemon games. You know, you didn't like the sprites uh, in Pokemon red and blue, but this gave you an opportunity to maybe like enjoy looking at Pokemon battles a little bit more. And I definitely think, um, I definitely think by today's standards, maybe the presentation's a little weak, but, uh, it, it was definitely something that I enjoyed at least the novelty early on of like seeing these Pokemon and battling this way. You know, I feel like if, if I were we didn't get the opportunity to battle, but I feel like if we were to take our Game Boy saves and go head to head, like it would be cool to do it inside a Pokemon Stadium rather than like leave that on just the Game Boy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That would have been cool. There are definitely some limitations because the battle system is a little bit different, but I think that we'll probably get into that a little bit later in the episode. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing that I have that
0: the game does well is the rental Pokemon. Um, I really like the fact that you can pretty much pick almost all of the Pokemon that are like in the game, more or less. Like, if you don't, if you're not using your Game Boy team or like you don't have the transfer pack or whatever, like the game provides you with pretty much whatever team you want. Uh, so you get to test out a lot of Pokemon that you might not be familiar with, or you get to like round out your team. If you are using your Game Boy team, but you don't have like a good electric Pokemon, like maybe you can grab a Jolteon from the rental, uh, Pokemon that you didn't have and have like a solid electric Pokemon that can help round out your team for whatever you might be coming up against.
1: Yeah, that is pretty cool. I, I think... Being able to experience some of the Pokemon that I didn't get to play with in the Game Boy game and get to just see all the different options is cool. They definitely lack some of the, like, I don't know, there's just something different about using a rental Pokemon. Like their movesets are different than how I would want it. They're not leveled up the way that I would have them, but it is cool to have that option. Now, when I was a kid and I rented this game without the transfer pack, only having the rental Pokemon um, was kind of a bummer because they definitely don't feel as powerful as your personal Pokemon that you've leveled up and and customized to your needs. But it is really nice to have that option. It's not like, okay, if you don't have the transfer pack, you're basically screwed. I did see people on YouTube going through and beating this game with just the rental Pokemon. Apparently, it's pretty difficult to do because of the reasons that I mentioned with like the not having optimal movesets and they haven't been ev trained and all that kind of stuff but um it definitely is nice to have that option
0: i wonder if they don't have ideal move sets uh to sort of
1: urge you to go catch them all oh yeah i i think that's definitely it they didn't want to just be like if they made them awesome and they were all like perfect and had the best stats and the best movesets, Then there completely eliminates the need for you to be like, well, what's the point of even transferring my Pokemon in? You kind of lose that allure. It's like the same way that, you know, like beefing all your Pokemon up with rare candy, um, using the missing no glitch, like it kind of just makes it not fun because you didn't put in the work. Um, So I think that you're right. They definitely didn't want to just make them all like perfect because that would, I don't know, make the stuff that you worked for less fun.
0: Yeah. And another thing that the rental Pokemon, like allows for is you to not have the transfer pack yeah Uh, it it allows the game to stand on its on its own and i think that that was necessary for the time um i don't think you'd ever see it nowadays i don't think you would see like pokemon stadium nowadays just because like why would that not be baked into whatever sword and shield i haven't played sword and shield so i don't know what the battle system's like on that but uh yeah, the the rental Pokemon, I think, is a good solution for what this game needed at the time.
1: Yeah, totally agree with you. Do you got anything else about what this game does well?
0: Uh, I got one last point. And um, th- so this, this game is the battles are three on three. You have six Pokemon, but you randomly choose three for each battle. And your opponents also, you can see what six Pokemon they have, but you don't know what three they're going to bring into the battle. And I think that that is, like, an interesting uh, way to make this game a little bit harder, a little bit more interesting. Like, in the the core RPGs, you can basically steamroll through everything with one Pokemon, but this game actually forces you to, to be a bit more knowledgeable about Pokemon and sort of see like oh they've got some ground Pokemon and some water Pokemon so I should probably and they might have like one like dark horse Pokemon that you kind of don't really know what it is if you're not familiar or you don't have an ideal uh matchup for it Uh, so I think the the I don't know if it's novelty or the randomness that you encounter in this game is something that keeps it interesting and the game actually does
1: well. It is an interesting little quirk. It's sort of like in a in a card game when you'd have a side deck, where you know you are able to bring different things in for different matchups. But there is that level of mystery where you don't know what your opponent's bringing in. They don't know what you're bringing in, and you can try to like outthink each other and uh, just see what happens. So um, yeah, I think some people would see that as a bad thing because it's not the same battle system as the you know the Game Boy games. But it is an interesting little quirk and something that I kind of did enjoy because of the extra element of surprise. You didn't know exactly what you were going to get. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else that you thought the game did well? I don't... I kind of have something that's like in between the two. And that would be the mini-games. There are nine mini-games uh, that are included and they're kind of like Mario Party-style games. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um, some of them are really good. Like I had a lot of fun with the Rattata one, the Clefairy one... Ekans, Lickitung, and they're all just like really simple like button mashing style games. Some of mm-hmm. them like there's a memory component or a little bit of skill involved, but a lot of them are just like those button mashing style games. Yeah. Um, so some of them are good and I like that, but some of them are pretty lame like the Magikarp jump one just like it, there's really not a whole lot of skill involved <laughs> in it. Uh, and I feel like they could have really expanded on this area and, and made it way more fun if they just like I don't know, adapted a little bit from like mario party took some of that ethos and brought it into this game and expanded on that because there is some fun stuff there i don't know how they would have done that but like just find a way to make it more a part of the game rather than just like this separate little thing that doesn't have anything to do i don't know if they like allow you to win items or something i don't know find a way to connect that more into the main game yeah, I definitely feel like the minigames
0: are kind of like a bonus feature thing uh, in some way. Like you can also take pictures on this game and print them out at a Pokemon Snap Station.
1: Yeah, yeah. They used to have these kiosks at Blockbuster. Actually, um, when we were collecting stuff for the trivia, at um, Matt Bunky on Instagram submitted that uh, how you could take your, your game to uh, a Blockbuster kiosk and print off stickers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I wonder if uh, some hardcore collector has one of those, like in their house or something. Silly. Oh, I'm sure. We posted a, a picture of a Game Boy kiosk, and I don't know if that was a Blockbuster or like Best Buy or something, but it was like a giant Game Boy that you could like play Game Boy games in a store. And somebody commented and mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I have one of those. I got it like 10 years ago, <laughs> and it's my favorite thing." And I was like, "People have these old kiosks yeah. in their house. Like they yeah. didn't all just go in the dumpster. Somebody kept right. them."
0: <laughs> uh, but anyways, so. I feel like the mini games are kind of just like a, not a throwaway part of this game, but like I wonder if development really was like we need to have mini games in this or it's like we got some extra development time. Maybe we should make some mini games. Maybe that would be a nice addition here or like I wonder why these are here, because like you said, they don't really serve a purpose. I mean, the game itself Kind of feels like such a companion to the Game Boy game that, yeah, you should have gotten rewarded. You should have got some Pokeballs or some potions or some Max
1: Repels or something to, to take back to your Game Boy game. Make uh, it like the casino, like the, the, the game corner in the thing where you you can rack up points and then you can trade those in for Pokemon or for TMs. Like that would have instantly made the mini games way cooler and added some value to them.
0: Yeah, and to to strengthen that point a bit, like when you do beat the Elite Four and your rival in this, you get that extra Pokemon that you didn't have in your game. But when you go to like the Professor's PC, if you don't have your Game Boy pack like plugged into it, it's like you can't you can't get this. got to plug in <laughs> Game Boy. So I feel like the items like tying into the Game Boy game was already something that w- was pushed a bit. So I'm surprised that they didn't try to do more.
1: Yeah, and I think that's actually a, a really good way to transition into my first point about what this game doesn't do well, and that if I don't think this game really stands on its own. Like I said yeah. earlier, I rented this game as a kid uh, without the transfer pack, and it was not very fun. Now... Having just jumped into this game right after completing a playthrough of Pokemon Blue, I had a lot more fun. I totally agree with your assessment that this is a companion piece, and they do go well together, but this game doesn't really stand on its own, and I feel like a lot of kids probably felt ripped off when they paid full price for this game.
0: Yeah, I definitely... So, I remember renting this game at least once, maybe twice, and I remember it just feeling there was something about it where I was like, that's it. Um, and it definitely, like I, I would rather like battle my friends with Pokemon stadium than like on a game boy, but it it definitely doesn't feel like it's big enough or there's enough there for it to really be its own thing. Like I said earlier, like all these all these features would just be baked into modern Pokemon games. Yeah. So it's like it's hard to justify this as like a full game experience. And at the time, like yeah, you couldn't add on to a Game Boy game, but I don't know, it just it feels kind
1: of uh, kind of shallow. Yep, totally agree. Another thing that um, kind of I feel like this game lacked in I did like the 3D graphics and i do like the battle animations but i feel like the pokemon stadium animations just still don't live up to that like frantic pace of the cartoon series where the pokemon are running around and they're attacking each other and like the trainers are like yelling like pikachu thunderbolt and like all that kind of stuff. This is still very much like very slow paced, very turn based. It's like, you have to go like revolutionary war style, stand in a line and take your turns (laughs) firing. And I just, I just wish that the Pokemon like interacted with each other more, that it was a little bit faster paced. Like even the, the commentator in the way that he commentates it, like makes it feel more slower paced. Like you don't have that sense of like a fast paced battle at all.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Now that you say that, I'm like thinking about what would a Pokemon game be with like a, a real time battle system, or like at least some sense of like you have a timer that you have to attack, and there would be almost like a little bit more of a back and forth. Like yeah. you see in the animated series where it's like this frantic battle where the trainers are like yelling out to their Pokemon and um, attacking and reacting and all that stuff. I feel like that would be kind of a, a fun way to to move the series forward if they haven't
1: done that in anything yet I don't I've been I've been playing a lot of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Switch and I yeah. feel like that is a really good platform that would work for Pokemon mm. where you have like your basic attacks you know that are that are mapped and then you build up energy that you can use to use bigger attacks and it's like you have that like simplicity but also um like the fast pace battle and you can like build up to bigger moves and I feel like that could be really cool it already has like the you know you're unlocking like a ton of characters and you're building a team um I feel like that could actually be really cool I don't know what that style of game is called Um, but I think that could really work for Pokemon and you could get that fast paced action in there.
0: Yeah. It's definitely interesting to, I know they've explored different genres and even to some extent you had like Palken tournament where, you know, it's like a straight up fighting game. Um, but to think about it from like a dungeon crawler, like ultimate Alliance slash Diablo style game that, yeah, um, that could be, could be interesting, could be interesting, but Who knows? But yeah, back to the point that you initially made, like, yeah, I think that this game doesn't really stand well on its own. And, uh, it definitely, I watched a long play of this game that was like eight hours long. And I'm like, I cannot imagine doing this for eight hours. Like it just (laughs) seems like torture to do this for that long to get through round 1 of this thing then it gets you can like go play round 2 and like it's harder like oh joy like it just yeah. i don't know man there's just not a lot here and and it left a kind of a bad taste in my mouth honestly
1: I watched a a little bit of a long play, too, just to see some of the things that I didn't have time to, you know, explore myself. And this guy, he beat the whole game in about five and a half, six hours. And he's like, there you go. I beat the whole game. And then in the comments, people's like, no, you just beat round one. You didn't even scratch the game. And it's like, oh, dang, like you beat uh, round one. And I, I don't know if it's after round one or round two. You can unlock Mewtwo and then you can like battle Mewtwo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are some like things to strive for. You know, you do have those Pokemon that you can win from the Elite Four. There's lots of different cups that you can play, and different um, like uh, limitations on cups. Like there'll be like a level cap or a, a size on your Pokemon cap. And so they do have like lots of different things, which is nice. But you're right, like it does feel like it kind of wears out its welcome pretty quickly, even though there's all these different cups and different um, gym leader challenges and all that kind of stuff you are just kind of doing the same thing over and over and over with all of these three Pokemon battles. And I felt like you, like I felt like I played a couple hours of it and experienced everything, and I was like, well, I don't really have a desire to put 12 hours into this game. Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, sort of transitioning to my first point of what the game doesn't do well, uh, which lends itself to some of that shallowness, is you can't use items in battle. Yeah, Status or status moves feel like kind of broken in this because you can't do anything about them. You can't. Like, <laughs> if your Pokemon gets paralyzed, it's like, oh, here we go. You know, let's hope that he can do something before he gets knocked out. Or like when you get frozen, you can't do anything. Like the fight's over
1: for that Pokemon. He might as well be knocked out. That's where my uh, my Venusaur and my Executor came in huge because they had <laughs> sleep powder and hypnosis and status effects in this game. Yeah, you're right. There's no items or whatever, so they're just stuck. It's not like someone's going to pull yeah. up the polka flute and wake their yeah. guy up. You're just going to pound on him until they die or until they wake up.
0: Right. It just makes it feel like, at least in, in the games, the core RPGs, like there's some strategy or some like you can, you know, use items to heal up your, your Pokemon uh you can I don't know. I would have liked to see items in this game, so even if it's like, oh, we're gonna start you with two potions or like one paralyzed heal or like one ice heal, uh it just it takes an element out of the combat that's already simple to begin with and simplifies it
1: too much to a point where I think it sucks a lot of the fun out of this game. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Another thing about this game that makes it feel less like a true post game you know we talked about how this game to some extent does feel like a little bit like that post game that red and blue are missing is that your pokemon don't level up so you'll go through all of these battles and like it is a huge grind but you don't have that payoff of seeing your pokemon level up and i would have liked to see more crossover between this game and your game boy game you know you do have the opportunity to open up the the game boy and play your thing on there and level them up that way but it just seems like kind of a missed opportunity to go through all of these battles without having that payoff of seeing your Pokemon level up.
0: Yeah. A lot of it, too. Like I said, like my favorite part of this game was you can get the Pokemon that you couldn't get on your main game. Like there's just, it feels pointless in a, in a way to like play through this game because it just, because it feels like such a companion to the Game Boy games. It almost feels like they should have leaned into that completely. And I understand, like, you have to adhere to these restrictions for the tournaments and stuff like that. Like, if you're leveling up your Pokemon, like maybe they go from fifty-five to fifty-six, and they no, they can't compete in that cup anymore. Oh, that's a good point. That's kind of a wrinkle, but at the same time, like with the registration system, you could probably get around it. But at the same time, like if you finish a tournament, you should get XP that saves onto your game and then you can have like a registered version that's separate somehow or whatever. But yeah, the not leveling up is something that I have and it really kind of, again, this game feels shallow because you're not really like getting a lot out of it, even for your work.
1: Yeah. And it even kind of makes it feel like you're not using your own Pokemon, which you kind of aren't Mm because if you register the Pokemon, I don't know if you noticed this, but when you register them, it's not your Pokemon. It's a Ditto that transforms into your Pokemon. Uh, Did did you see that? There's like a little there's like a little animation screen where it's like six Dittos and then they transform into your team when you register them.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually
1: hit the register team button at all. Yeah, I did one time on accident, and then I was like, I didn't really understand the purpose of it. I think it's like if you want to load up your friend's Pokemon onto your thing or whatever, or uh, be able to use okay. different cartridges. Yeah. But yeah, that was a nice little wrinkle that it's like, oh yeah, your Pokemon, the reason that they can still exist on your Game Boy game and on Pokemon Stadium is because it's actually a Ditto that is just perfectly mimicking your Pokemon. <laughs> Without the telltale Ditto diddle, diddle eyes. Oh, those creepy, creepy eyes. Did you get to that episode of the Pokemon uh, TV show yet with your son? Uh, no, I just feel like
0: it's something that was baked into my subconscious somewhere. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> when uh, when my wife and I went to Japan in the fall, we went to the Pokemon Center. We went out of our way to go to like one of the giant Pokemon centers in a mall. Yeah, and they have like this giant wall of Pokemon stuffed animal, like plushy things. And mm-hmm. then every now and then, when you'd be going through them, there'd be there'd be ones with Ditto eyes, and like you'd pick it up and be like, oh look at this Bulbasaur, and you're like, oh wait, this isn't Bulbasaur, this is a Ditto, and it was like it was kind of cool that they. That's they hilarious. Did that. yeah. yeah,
0: that's awesome. Uh, the next point that I have that the game didn't do well is it definitely feels like the game is cheating on harder difficulties. <laughs> um, so this game, like, granted, it is like Pokemon Trainer Simulator. Uh, so you really have to know your stuff. So it's it's kind of tough to begin with. Um, but like when I played like an Ultra Ball difficulty cup, I failed it two or three times uh, against a, an opponent that would start with an electric Pokemon. And so finally, on my third or fourth try, I started with a ground type Pokemon. And what happened when I started with a ground type Pokemon? The computer decided to start with a grass type Pokemon. Like oh. <laughs> That feels yeah. su- super convenient to me that you all of a sudden break the pattern of starting with, a le- with an electric pokemon. Sure, it could have been random, but it didn't feel random.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of felt the same way when it came to status conditions or accuracy. Like it felt mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. for some yep. reason you had a less percent chance to to hit than they did. And I don't know if this is just my feeling, but like in the Game Boy game, you always sort of like feel like things are tilted slightly in your direction. Um, but in this, it kind of just takes a lot of that away from you, especially with the, the lack of being able to swap out your Pokemon. Like when in the Game Boy game, when your Pokemon dies and you bring in a new one, uh, your opponent. When your Pokemon faints, Jordan. Okay, faints, whatever. <laughs> when your Pokemon faints, uh, unless they actually die and then they go to the Pokemon Tower, when your Pokemon faints, your opponent has the opportunity to see what you bring out and then bring their own thing in. So the advantage yeah. goes to the winner. It's like when you're playing half court basketball and there's either, like, you know, you gotta go with the house rule. Is it. Um, winners take back or losers take back, and uh, in the Game Boy game, it's winners take back, and it, you kind of have that advantage. Like if you're winning, you're going to have the opportunity to keep winning. But in Pokémon Stadium, for some reason, they change it, and it's losers take back, and it feels like they house rules Pokémon games. And I hate when people do house rules. It's like you know, Monopoly yeah. is not a bad game. Monopoly people think it's a bad game because everybody added these crappy house rules to it. And I kind of <laughs> feel, I kind of feel that way with Pokémon Stadium. It's like, why did you take this battle system? Well, to be fair, at this point it wasn't like there was 20 years of precedence that there was only these you know three games but it does feel like they kind of just like change things up without any real reason
0: yeah yeah you just hit on a a, a, another point that i had is like it's frustrating not being able to switch out your pokemon especially because that's how it is in the game and granted like if it's if we're going with the pokemon trainer simulator thing it kind of makes sense but yeah it's just it and the accuracy thing, too, is another thing that made it feel like the game was kind of cheating. I had one Pokemon left to knock out on the opponent's team, and I had, like, a frozen Pokemon, and then I had, like, Raichu, and they were a water Pokemon. <laughs> and I magically happened to miss four Thunders in a row. And granted, as, <laughs> as you do, right? Yeah. Granted, they had upped their evasiveness, but it was like, really, really, game? Like really? To be fair. And I man, was out of
1: continues after that. That's actually really on brand for Pokemon because I don't know if you've gotten Ugh. to the Lieutenant Surge episode yet, but the way that Ash <laughs> defeats him is because Raichu is too slow and he has a faster Pokemon in Pikachu. So <laughs> actually, you know what? I, I can get down with them making you miss with the Raichu four times in a row no. because he's
0: slow. He's just I slow. Can't, I can't. I think, so I don't often follow through on rage quitting. <laughs> I think that the only game... Uh, in the history that we've played for this show, that I legitimately rage quit and turned off the system, was NFL Blitz, because yes. you you uh, you destroyed me. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, unstoppable. I'll just call it, I'm basically a force yeah, of nature yeah. in I'll NFL just, Blitz. I'll call just it like it is. You were the superior that day. Did when we went to the arcade a few years back? Wh- how did that go? Did I did I destroy yeah, you, you or
1: no? You destroyed me. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So, you, so I as wanna, usual, I've spent a lot of time, um, du- uh, you know, brushing up on my NFL Blitz, and uh, I, f- I feel very confident that I will never lose a game of NFL Blitz again.
0: Oh, good. Good. Yeah. I, we should. Well, let's let's revisit that soon. You know, we need we- like
1: there is absolutely no reason for us to um, cover another NFL Blitz game on this show since we covered pretty much all of them when we did NFL Blitz, but uh, I you know. I'm always down for us to to go head to head again and uh, and then we can maybe do that and then right after do Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about Tetris. It's not that Everybody good about- wants to hear about Tetris and Jordan, more importantly, everybody there- wants to hear about how I destroy you in Tetris. Is
0: there a more overrated game than Tetris? oh my gosh
1: <laughs> that's a I'm about joke to, I'm about to that's... rage quit this podcast <laughs> seriously I honestly uh... I actually had it come up on my time hop recently <laughs> it was like seven years ago I tweeted uh, Tetris is the most underrated game or something because it's just it's incredible Dan Tetris is yeah. so good Tetris is great I, I,
0: I do really enjoy Tetris uh, <laughs> anyways
1: <laughs> we don't ever get off topic how did we even get to NFL Blitz? I don't know. Oh, because... Oh, I rage quit. rage, I rage quit. quit. Rage quit. Right.
0: Yes. So I think this may be the second game in the history of this show in two years that I've actually turned
1: off the system in anger. Um, to it, be fair, we both rage quit Battletoads. We did not get past the third level, which... Well, it wasn't really a
0: rage quit. It was more of just like, it's a smart decision to turn this off now.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was actually um, an outpouring of wisdom on yeah, both of our parts. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh man. So yeah, to drive home the point, this game can really feel like it cheats sometimes, um, even if it's technically not. I'd I'd be curious if there was some some fudging in in the favor of the computer in this one, in the same way that the computer's kind of dumb sometimes in the games. Yeah. The the core RPGs. Where they're like you've got it I've got three h p oh, you growled at me, like no, that's not gonna happen you
1: uh, know i I wouldn't be surprised, they definitely wanted this to be a little bit more difficult. they wanted it to be something to like challenge yourself with after completing the game on the game Boy, so i I could see that,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: uh, the next point that I have is this game feels like it takes forever. It
0: just yeah. feels like it's so slow to get through anything in it, and I don't know what it is, but it just feels like it was such a slog to to play.
1: Yeah, I uh, in the Game Boy version, I turned up the the speed to as fast as the text would go, and I turned off the battle animations because I just wanted to fly. I don't want to be watching, uh, you know, Thunderbolt for the 900th time. But you definitely do feel it, like they. You know, they had all this extra graphical power, so they made the animations, like, way cooler, but that means that they were also way longer, and it does make things kind of feel like a slog.
0: Yeah, like I said, the long play I watched was, like, eight hours long, and it's just like, no, no, this should not, <laughs> this this is not okay for it to be... You know, like one of the other notes I have is this game feels like kind of like a one trick pony. Like all it really is is 3 on 3 Pokemon battles with the novelty of a few mini games that you'll get a few minutes of
1: enjoyment out of. Yeah, but think about all the different variety of three person battle or three Pokemon battles. You can do the different cups, you can do the gym leader battles, you can do some more cups, you could fight your <laughs> friends. And think yeah, about you- it, if you were to play all of those modes, and splice
0: together footage from all of those modes, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference yeah. for the most part with a few background changes.
1: Yeah, you're you're definitely right. It,
0: There's you're just, right. It, it is it, lacking a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it
1: just... I
0: don't know. It feels like a one-trick pony, and it feels like it takes forever to get through anything. Like, I think I was watching a, a long play of Pokemon Stadium 2 trying to explore what the differences were of that, and the person... I think took two hours to get to the end of the elite four. And I don't know if there's more in the, the, the gym leader castle in that one or not, but it was like, no, why, why? And I think the, the, the Pokemon stadium one, uh long play that I watched, it took them over an hour, an hour and a half to get to the elite four or something. And I was like, this just feels like too much to me.
1: Yeah. The, the amazing thing is they managed to sell this game. Like, the exact <laughs> same thing four times. You got Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium Two, Pokemon Coliseum, Pokemon Battle Revolution. It's like, like these are things that should have just been baked into the game. But since it was on handheld, they were like, "Well, we need a console thing too." But yeah, this kind of just goes back to like, instead of making a real Pokemon console game, which we didn't get until the GameCube with Pokemon DX, which is still a completely different game. But like you know you have pokemon snap and pokemon stadium and i i feel like there was definitely some predatory stuff going on like they they know that kids are going to want to buy a Pokemon game (laughs) and they don't have to make a full game we can make half a game and sell it for the full price because kids are so obsessed with Pokemon it's the same reason for 20 years people have bought two copies of the same game not even two they bought three copies of the same game well this one's a little bit more premium and you can get a couple extra things it's like no this is DLC this isn't this isn't $60 worth of a new game yeah Um, and you know for sure they're going to be dropping um, whatever the third version of sword and Sh- sword and shield is pretty soon and it's going to be just a little bit extra. You mean the third and fourth ultra sword and ultra shield? Yeah <laughs> I love Pokemon Pokemon is a, is a big part of of my life and, and and it's it's cool but there's definitely some parts about it that just make you feel kind of icky when you see the way that they've got the you know the commercial side of it.
0: Yeah, and back on, I don't think Coliseum actually is just a straight, like, uh, Pokemon Stadium-style game. I think there's actually, like, some kind of story to it, because I was digging into it, thinking, like, would that be a good game for the show? Uh, What is it? And it was like, oh, there's actually, like, story mode here, and the person's, like, roaming around, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I need to look more into this. Yeah, yeah, because I thought, you know, same thing. It's just another Stadium game, but... It seemed like it wasn't, so... You
1: know, maybe because it's a, in a Coliseum, the difference is yes. that the Pokemon yeah. actually just die bloody Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say.
1: They, they actually die because it's in
0: a Coliseum. Uh, anyways, um, the last point that I have is a little bit silly. It's a little bit of a Jordan point.
1: We actually had, uh, when I was asking for trivia, Andy Mason, who is one of our, our friends on Instagram... Uh, sent us this. It says, "Point Pokemon Stadium is neither a Pokemon nor a stadium." And he yeah. attributed that quote to me. Um, so I think <laughs> I think it would be good if maybe you got a representation, a, rep- a reputation for saying nitpicky things, and I'll just lay off my nitpicky things this time around.
0: Well, it's it's not like that nitpicky. I think there's some <laughs> there's some v- validity to it. I'm not just crying about Shredder shrinking the Statue of Liberty for what that the, is a valid point. I want to point out that's a valid point. To to some to to some person, somewhere. <laughs> all right, lay it uh, on me. What do you right. got? I I've got the the nicknames of your opponent's Pokemon. Yeah, that's fair. A, it's it's silly, and it's annoying, and they all have to have like some dumb way of tweaking their Pokemon's names. And I don't know. I have like a weird like OCD thing tick that I can't like give my Pokemon nicknames anyways. Like they just Charmander has to be Charmander. Like he's yep. he's he's not like Bud or like Fire Guy. He's he's Charmander.
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree with you there.
0: Like and if I if I get if I wonder trade something and I get something with a nickname, I'm like I just can't.
1: I like oh, I got,
0: this is garbage.
1: I'm sure you loved getting all the trades in Pokemon red and blue then because every <laughs> single one of every single ducks? one of the in game yeah ducks. <laughs> All of the in-game <laughs> trades they have terrible names and there's no yeah. like way to change yeah. them.
0: Yeah. But in this one like you've got, you know, uh you got you got a Pikachu named Pekang or like uh, a, a Kabuto named Cab or like uh, a seal named Else or like uh, a Krabby named or a, Crab. Uh, that was uh, actually
1: uh, that crab's name was Felicia. They just couldn't fit it in there.
0: <laughs> you just sounded like the uh my son just watched the episode where Ash uh fights the like ninety-eight and O trainer who's like, When I win a hundred battles, I'm gonna go get badges. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Yeah, uh well. It's he he saying true, he's like He trains his Sandshrew in water, and like he's like super mean to his Pokemon. And Ash is like, well, maybe your Sandshrew left because you were mean to it, and it saw that I loved my Pokemon, and really, Team Rocket
1: stole it. Team Rocket stole it. That's the true. That's the true theme of Pokemon is to love your Pokemon, be friends with them, to teach. (laughs) Yeah, to teach them. Anyways, uh, yeah.
0: So the point being. The, it just, it irks my OCD and it's just silly the way that the opponents all have terrible names for the Pokemon.
1: Yeah. The first time I saw it, I was actually like, I thought it was maybe a, a typo because the first, very first Pokemon I fought was a Caterpie and it was ended with a Y, it was Caterpie, P-Y. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck is going on? And then I realized this trainer's gimmick was they named every single Pokemon ending in Y.
0: Yeah, it's uh, they they really decided to do something different for every trainer too. They're like, how can we make this this trainer have
1: specific silly names? They might have spent more time coming up with dumb names for all the Pokemon than they did investing in the mini game yeah. system.
0: Yeah, it's 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 very dumb. Uh, one of the things that I did read that you can do with the nickname system though is uh, you can change the color of your Pokemon, which is interesting because shiny Pokemon didn't exist yet. So, some of the some of the Pokémon that you fight in stadium, you might notice they look a little weird.
1: Yeah, I was wondering like there was like a green Hypno and I was like is yep. the color on my yep. TV messed up? But no, I, that makes sense now. Okay. Yep,
0: it's just a fake shiny.
1: Fake shinies. You mm-hmm. know what though, that mm-hmm. actually does come into play later because uh, I know in Pokémon Go if you name your EV something specific, it will evolve and yeah. do a different evolution. Right. So that's actually kind of cool. I wonder if the that, you know, started back then and if it's just become part of Pokémon. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you think the game didn't do so well? That's all. I I am uh, fully spent here.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. So what do you what do you think? What would you pay for the experience that you you just had? Would you rather uh, own a copy of Pokemon Stadium or would you rather
1: go to Kidoba? See, this is the hard thing because. Um, I didn't have a great time with this game as a kid, so I don't really have any sort of nostalgia for it. It is kind of cool, um, but it just adds so little to the actual game. Like I had so much fun playing through Pokemon Blue, and then yeah. this was just like kind of like okay, it exists. So it is cool. <laughs> it is fun to be able to see all the Pokemon in three D. That was the first time for for many of us that we were able to see them in that like kind of you know not as sprites or not as a flat um, 2d animation on a screen. So it it is kind of cool, but it's, it's not that cool. So I would maybe spend like four bucks. Yeah. Yeah. That
0: makes sense. I feel like as I was, as I'm thinking about how this is just kind of an expansion on Pokemon, you ever uh, see like costume DLC for games that you just don't care about?
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, like every single time they do DLC for Smash Bros. and they release, <laughs> it's like, well, we know yeah, that you guys really, yeah. you really wanted this character in there, but we'll just release a costume for the me Fighter. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Then it's it's, it's kind of <laughs> like Cuphead is in the game. and It's like, no, just stop. Nobody wants yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's not even like a cool skin. It's just like, oh, it's a like a palette swap or like something terrible that you don't really care about in a game where it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. I kind of I kind of getting those vibes from stadium a little bit where Ooh. it's like it it almost feels like
1: a I mean, it's a little better than that cuz you can get it's a you skin. Can, it's a new skin. It's just you can, like you well, you no, got $60 no. worth of V-bucks, are you going to buy yourself a new <laughs> skin for Pokémon
0: Fortnite? Uh, even, I mean, the skins in Fortnite. I understand why people want those. I get a little bit of that. You know, I'm a, I'm a Gears player. Like, I like the the new Gears skins. Sometimes
1: they get me. But I'd rather be awesome and have the default character than suck and have a sweet skin.
0: Well, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's my Not games, that those Jordan. things are Sometimes not that those games. things
1: are mutually exclusive. Because usually I have the default skin and I suck um so it's not usually
0: <laughs> <laughs> well like okay to, to just keep i guess talking about this like when i used to play pokemon tcg i like to have like reverse hollow cards no as no. like jordan let me finish i like to have reverse hollow cards as uh, a mind game against the other person because they're like well maybe he's better than he actually is because he invested a lot of money in making his cards shiny
1: Nah, you and so you, maybe it can
0: throw them off their game a little bit if they think that I'm better than I am.
1: The real move, <laughs> to, if you want to flex on somebody, you go and you beat them with the most beat up, janky deck when they got a full reverse hollow. <laughs> oh man, it's it's it feels so good. Well, I would use like my. Um, like back in whatever format when like switches were actually useful I went back and got like the original base set switches that just look hilarious and terrible and I would use those instead of like the new fancy reverse hollow ones I was always just for man I, I would trade away my hollow cards to people just to cuz I didn't care and I didn't want to spend money on it and people would get so serious you'd have people who'd collect a full set of Pokémon cards and then they would have to collect the full set in reverse hollow too and it's like oh my god I don't understand well, collectors if you haven't learned one thing over the course of almost 50 sh- episodes of this show is that I do not understand collectors or your weird brains
0: see what the, that defeats the purpose of the point I'm making Jordan is you have to look good, you have to look like you're better than you are no. that's that's the thing like there's a valid it's <laughs> your janky deck strategy is valid because like you're actually good at the game. So like you gotta, you don't have to flex when you're actually good. Some of us have to flex because we're not
1: good. (laughs) You got to go to League. You got to go to the League with a bunch of like proxies that you print out on your crappy streaky printer. Mm -hmm. And you just you beat somebody with a bunch of pieces of paper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I actually care so little. world championship deck with silver borders. No. See, because then you actually spend some money. You have to be like, I care so little (laughs) about this game that I'm not even going to spend money to buy real cards. I'm going to beat you with pieces of paper stuffed into sleeves.
0: Well, you can't play in tournaments with pieces of paper stuffed in this list. No, no, so. no.
1: You just you just do that at League, and then you you know, you know go yeah, to the, the yeah. tournament, and you get a, a real deck. Or you just <sighs> borrow a deck. There were so many tournaments where I just borrowed a deck because I was not about to spend money. Good night. Anyway,
0: <laughs> anyways, this game feels like DLC for Pokemon, red and blue and yellow. It does. It <laughs> really does. It feels does. like mostly pointless DLC. So that's the point that I've been trying to make for the last 12 minutes. I know. Um... <laughs> Uh I'm coming in like 6 to 7 dollars on this experience I think sounds well, like, right. Yeah. I feel like you know 6 or 7 bucks is worth it if you you're really dedicated to these you know OG Pokemon games and you want to round out your pokédex and not start new save files. Um the PC item management all that stuff is really really nice too. So you can actually add a lot of really nice features uh onto Pokemon but I feel like Eh, yeah, six or seven dollars is what the the stadium experience is feeling like to me. Yeah, that sounds right. I could I could see you spending that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have seen how much I spent. How much do you think this is actually going for on uh, on eBay?
1: Uh I would have to say I mean it's Pokemon um oh geez I, maybe like fifteen dollars for the game and 30 for the game and the transfer pack. Pokemon 15 dollars that doesn't sound right. I know, but it's just like it's so shallow and I don't like I, everybody had this game. I know that it was a super popular game. it's one of the better selling n64 games. so I feel like rarity doesn't really come into play here.
0: I feel like the only Pokemon game that's less than 15
1: dollars that I know of is hey you Pikachu <laughs> Really? Yeah, wow, okay. Yeah. You'd think that that one would be like more rare and it has like the extra hardware that you need.
0: Well, maybe. So, the last time I went to the the store that I buy retro games from, I feel like they had like nine copies of Hey You Pikachu
1: and they were like $2 a piece or something. They didn't have the, the extra
0: hardware. So, maybe that's why they're so cheap.
1: You need to buy nine copies of Hey You Pikachu, get nine N64s hooked up to nine TVs, and just command an entire army of Pikachus. Is that what I need to do? I think that would really take your life to the next level. <laughs> what are you saying about my life, Jordan? I'm saying that your life is amazing, but you have never yeah. commanded an army of 9 pikachus <laughs> simultaneously.
0: Uh how uh, we've gotten so far off track somehow <laughs> so many times this episode. Um any all right. <laughs> I can't even think straight anymore. No, this game is not $15. Uh, when I looked at price charting a few days ago, uh, it, it, it was going for like twenty-two dollars. Okay, and eBay said it was trending like around twenty-five. Um, so fifteen? No. Uh, yeah, uh, twenty-two in the PAL region. It's only going for like nineteen dollars. Ooh.
1: They're a little bit more sensible over there in the PAL region. Yeah,
0: and I think I actually paid $20 for my copy of it.
1: Okay, so not crazy. Not crazy, but definitely more than you are saying you'd want to pay.
0: Definitely three times more than I would want to pay for this game. Yeah. (laughs) After playing it. But, uh, yeah, the game itself going for, you know, like $22, $20. I picked up the transfer pack for like $12. Um, It's not expensive. I mean, it's mostly useful in Pokemon Stadium, but if you're like pretty into N64, like you might get some other utility out of it, you know. What um, other
1: games does it even work for?
0: It, well, you got Perfect Dark, it does some Ooh. stuff, some stuff there. Uh, that's all I could think of right now.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> sounds like a long list. I feel like there's like a dozen games that support this thing. And you had a really good time with the N64 version of Perfect Dark, so you're probably going to utilize that soon. <laughs> I wonder if the Game Boy version is better <laughs> than the, the, the N64 version? I don't know. Just play the Xbox version because it's excellent.:
0: <sighs> Yes, yeah, 100 percent.: All right, uh, so I guess at 22, 25 dollars, we got is that worth it or worthless?
1: I gotta say, worthless. I, that's yeah. that's definitely a, a bridge way too far for me for this <laughs> one. Um, yeah, nope. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: not excited for whenever I decide to do Pokemon Stadium Two because that is not a twenty
1: dollar game. <laughs> we don't have to cover it. There are there are hundreds of other retro games, Dan.
0: Well, I feel like Pokemon Volume Two should be like Gold and Silver. And Pokemon Stadium 2, But like oh, maybe that's no. just a we, terrible
1: idea. Yeah, we might need to put that to a vote. There's so many other good Pokemon games we could play.
0: Yeah. Hey you Pikachu
1: Pokemon Pokemon Snap, Rumble Blast or whatever. Voltorb Flip. Uh, <laughs> that's like a metagame. Pokemon Go, you know, maybe <laughs> Is that a retro game? Not yet, but you know, eventually. Uh Twenty sixteen, that's retro, right? Twenty sixteen. <laughs> Oh, what a what a year. Uh yeah, I guess we gotta call this one worthless. Yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Uh I think we need to move on to our trivia segment, Jordan.
1: I think so too. And we just got one this week uh that we're gonna hit you with because we are we already going a little bit long here and because I don't wanna hit you with some super obscure stuff. We did get some questions about wow, Pokemon Stadium. You changed your ways. Yeah, I'm trying, not to, um, I'm trying not to just blindside you. We did get some good <laughs> questions about um, Pokemon Stadium 2 and some other Pokemon games, but I'm going to stick with this one because it's not just a good trivia question, but it also is just a good factoid that we can talk about. Yeah. All right. So what was our version of Pokemon Stadium? So the North American version. What was our version of Pokemon Stadium called in Japan? Was it A, Pocket Monster Arena, B, Pokemon Stadium Gaiden, C, Pokemon Stadium 2, or D, Pokemon 3, Gary Oaks Revenge?
0: (laughs) The term Gaiden, does that actually mean something?
1: Yeah, it means like story. Oh. Yeah. Well, that that certainly doesn't fit here. (laughs) No. Oh, dang it. Uh, I shouldn't have clarified. I should have waited.
0: Uh, well, no, it's it's fine. I know it was Pokemon Stadium Two in Japan. Uh, I took a few notes of research on this one. Normally, like I have way more notes, but um, besides the developer and release date in my notes, the other point was this was the the first game was a Japanese exclusive originally intended to be a launch title for the N64DD, and it only supported 42 Pokemon. So I happened to come across in my research that this was the second Pokemon Stadium game. The first one we got here, but the second one in Japan. So uh, fortunately, I didn't get blindsided this week.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. Our Pokemon Stadium would have been Pokemon Stadium 2 in Japan, and our Pokemon Stadium 2 would have been Pokemon Stadium 3 in Japan. Yeah. So that is a good yeah. little factoid sent to us by Jerry, aka the TheLichero37 on Instagram. I think that he's already won a sticker before, so I got some uh, little Pokemon goodies that I'm going to send him ooh, in the mail. Ooh. If you ever have a trivia question about any of the games that we've played in the past or the game that we're going to play on the next episode, you can send them to us on Instagram. Twitter or Instagram in the direct message, direct message. Is that even a word? (laughs) Direct message us on Twitter or Instagram. It's at W I O W podcast. Um, We also will put up a story in the days leading up to us recording and we'll ask for, for trivia questions. So if you're on Instagram and you check out our story often, you'll probably see that there. And if we feature your question on the show, we will send you something in the mail.
0: Yep. 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 Uh, and speaking of sending things in the mail, let's talk about our bounty for yes. this month.
1: So it is Pokemon Month. We've got a very Pokemon-centric prize this month. You can win your choice of Pokemon, red or blue, along with a whole long list of Pokemon swag. I think what the kids are calling it these days is swag.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, sound, that sounds about right. Uh Yeah, we got like a Pikachu Pop that you can win. We've got a Pokemon hat with like Rayquaza on it. We've got a dice bag. We've got a poster uh, with heart gold, soul silver uh, from the TCG uh, game. Um, we've got a Froakie stylus.
1: That okay. You know what? I might need to make some sock puppet accounts and uh, <laughs> submit my own things because I didn't know there was a Frokie stylus on the line. That's that's a high stakes. Do you want me stakes. to
0: do you want me to take that out and just give it to you, Jordan? So no, that you because can play that will that will sig- 3ds
1: with the <laughs> significantly decrease the number of entries. When you said that, people just instantly uh, backed out of. It. They were about to send us <laughs> message. So. If you want to win this giant pile of Pokemon stuff including your choice yeah. of Pokemon Red or Blue, all you have to do is send us a message on Twitter, Instagram or to our email address and you have to just let us know what is your favorite Pokemon game and what is your favorite Pokemon. And I've actually been surprised at the the entry so far. We've gotten, you know, a handful of Red or Blue, Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Pinball, um Fire Red, Leaf Green, We've had a lot of different people uh, submitting different things to us. So let us know what your favorite Pokemon game is and your favorite Pokemon. And that's all you have to do this month to be entered into the drawing.
0: Yeah, and when you let us know what your favorite Pokemon game is, let us know why it's your
1: favorite Pokemon game. Yes, yes, that's a good good point. Why is it your yeah, favorite Pokemon yeah. game?
0: Uh, and you can also email your entry to worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. All right, moving on. Uh, I just want to mention a couple things real quick. I finished the Genesis mini review last month. That is up on our YouTube channel if you want to check it out. And upcoming this month is a Kunio Kun, uh Double Dragon Bundle review. So if you are interested in some more, like, uh, I'm trying to do some, like, shorter form video content, uh, you can go check us out on YouTube if you want.
1: Yes, it looks really good. He's been putting some time into it, and they look awesome. They sound awesome. So check those out. And, uh, yeah. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate the compliment. You're welcome. You know, uh, part of my job, like my nine to five job is video editor. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm impressed. You're doing a great job, man. Well, thank you. Thank you.
0: Uh, the next episode of the show is going to be Donkey Kong Country.
1: Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a classic. So hope you guys look forward to that. Yeah. Um, And, since you know what we're playing next time, if you have any Donkey Kong Country trivia specific to the first game, please, uh, you can send it our way, and we might feature you on the show. And you can or win.
0: animated or. series Donkey Kong Country CG animated series
1: trivia. Are you open? If you're okay, guys, he said it. He said it. You all heard it. It's fair game now. That terrible, terrible CGI Donkey Kong show. So go find the most obscure thing you can in right. that show. Yeah. And if you stump, Dan- bring on your crystal coconuts. <laughs> yeah. Geez, you went you've I mean, he, maybe he already I'm, knows everything. He's I've been confident. There. I've been there.
0: You know, well Dunkey's got a video on it, you know.
1: Oh, <laughs> he's he's great. If you if you yes. haven't watched video game Dunkey on YouTube, you should turn off our podcast yeah. and go watch some of that. Yeah.
0: All right. Anyways, uh do you have anything else, Jordan, before we move on to our music segment?
1: That's all for Pokémon. month. We hope you guys had a great time revisiting some of these old games. And, uh, yeah, we had a good time playing them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: all right, so for our music segment, first of all, I want to say, if you guys make music, like, let us know, and we might actually feature you on the show. Um, this week's track is going to be uh, a track from the game Celeste. It's a remix called uh, Resurrection, and it is by General Offensive on the Game Chops label. Um, and if you're not familiar with Celeste, like, the game's fantastic. You should check it out. And the soundtrack is also really
1: good. Really, the name of this song tells you everything you need to know about Celeste (laughs) because you will die hundreds of times. I think that I'm into quadruple digits now in the number of times I've died in Celeste, but it's great for whether you are great at platformers, because it's really hard, or if you're terrible at platformers like I am, um, when you die, it does not punish you at all. It just restarts you Mm -hmm. exactly on the screen where you died, so... Um, yeah, it's great for, I mean, you're going to be frustrated if you're terrible at platforms like me, but the game is so good. The soundtrack is so good that I have stuck with it and I, I, I haven't finished it yet. I need to keep plugging away, but it's a great yeah, game yeah. and this is a great song. So hope you guys like it.
0: Yeah. I've uh, slowly been making my way through a playthrough of Celeste and I just saw a video, I think on Twitter or something the other day of somebody beating a level that's like way farther ahead and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Like, this is hard enough as it is, like, pretty early on, um, but, like, it just seems like it gets ridiculous, so. It does, indeed. (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review or share it with somebody else who might be interested in it.
1: Yeah, and we will see you guys next time. All right, bye. (laughs) Bye.